Welcome to the Mind Body Breakthroughs Podcast, where we bring you amazing guests on the cutting edge of science, health, and business each week to share strategies you can use to get the breakthrough that you are looking for in your life. I am your host, Chris Donahue, and with me is my co-host, Dr. Nevada Gray. We're so glad that you're joining us today, and we'd like to invite you to join our free private Facebook community, Mind Body Breakthroughs. The Mind Body Breakthrough online coaching program is a comprehensive and customizable guide for total body transformation. Its 150 pages will equip you with everything you need for a ketogenic lifestyle from low carb to zero carb carnivore. The program contains a two week carb cleanse, 30 day keto sample menu, 30 day sample workout guide, and much, much more. These are recipes you will love, exercises you can do, and strategies that you will enjoy making part of your life. From the person who wants to lose a few pounds on low carb to the person using keto or carnivore to manage serious issues or optimize health and performance, this program has something for everyone. Sections include the carnivore allergy and autoimmune protocol, fasting, toxicity, and advanced strategies for sleep, stress management, cold thermogenesis, sauna, and more. Included with the program is lifetime access to the Mind Body Breakthroughs Coaching Group, where you'll have your questions answered, a support network to help you on your journey. Why pay for monthly memberships or coaching when you can have the best and most cutting-edge information and help at your fingertips anytime you want for as long as you want? Your adventure for a better, healthier life begins today. See the show notes for a discount link to the program and unlimited lifetime coaching. The views expressed on the Mind Body Breakthroughs podcast are the opinions of the hosts and guests and are not to be taken as medical advice, as the hosts and guests do not provide medical care. Information provided is for educational purposes only. You should consult your medical provider in relation to your personal health and prior to making any changes in your diet or fitness. Robin Switzer discovered the low-carb and ketogenic lifestyle after many years of struggle with prediabetes, PCOS, depression, anxiety, food addiction, and disordered eating. As a result of following a ketogenic protocol, Robin lost 60 pounds and eliminated all of her health issues. In 2015, Robin left her career in corporate America to join Ketovangelist, LLC, and their mission to educate the world about the benefits of living a ketogenic lifestyle. Robin now serves as the COO at Ketovangelist, which is the parent company of KetoCon, Ballistic Keto, Certified Ketogenic, Ketovangelist Kitchen, The Ketogenic Athlete, and Ketovangelist Coaching. Today, at 57 years young, Robin follows a predominantly meat-based diet combined with a naturally evolved intermittent fasting protocol. The combination of these modalities has provided everything she needs to maintain the pace of her demanding career and her desire for an active lifestyle. She works tirelessly to bring research back and results-driven information to the ketogenic community.
Robin Switzer, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. We're, we're so happy you're here. Thank you. I am honored to be here. I've been listening to your podcast for a while. I'm excited to, to chat with you both. Thank you. Well, it is a real pleasure to have you, Robin. We're looking forward to getting into some interesting topics. But before we do, for those of our listeners that might not be familiar with you, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, about your journey? Sure. Uh, well, I, um, I am the chief operating officer for a company that um, owns a, a, a relatively popular annual keto event called KetoCon that's held in Austin every year. And so um, Keto Evangelist is the name of the parent company. And I run several business lines that fall under the Keto Evangelist corporate title. Um, I, I, my story is really how I got to where I am with this role. So I spent, gosh, probably 35 years from the time I was about nine years old and on battling with weight issues. And it was always, I was a chubby kid. I was raised on carbs and sugar. Um, and I experienced as I grew older, all of the negative health uh, impacts from, from that type of diet. And so all those years, in my efforts to lose that weight that I kept on gaining and losing and gaining and losing, I tried every single diet on the books. And I'm not exaggerating when I say I've, I've done every, every crazy diet. If you could, if you name one, I guarantee you I've done it, including the dangerous ones. And so those were not good times, but it was always like this desperation to lose weight. And through those years, as I developed health complications as a result of, because I'd always go back to the crap food. Uh, through those years, I developed PCOS. I developed, um, I was pre-diabetic. I had all kinds of hormonal fluctuation issues, skin issues. And be because I was so focused on the weight aspect, my physical appearance, I kept on looking for diet as a solution. And throughout that journey, I was, there were many times where teachers came to me, but I wasn't ready to hear it. So way back when, um, I, I knew about fasting, but I thought it was ridiculous. Way back when I heard about elimination diets, I thought that was ridiculous. So I, I, I just struggled with all of it. And it wasn't until I was in my uh, early 40s that I finally found that I could get some results from low carb. Now I was still suffering from all the other, all the other physical ailments. But um, once I went low carb, then I started to see some improvements and it was really just weight related. And the more I got involved in low carb and learned more in those days, it was Atkins. Um, I, I understood the connection between diet and all of my health complications. It's finally made sense to me. 
And so then I continued on the journey on how am I going to improve my health while I'm finding the right diet protocol for me. And I went from low carb to finding about keto. And the story with that is pretty interesting. And it kind of like takes catapults us in this conversation to how I got to where I am from, from a career perspective. I was in several of the uh, keto Facebook groups and specifically the Keto Evangelist Facebook groups. And I had been listening to the Keto Evangelist podcast, which was produced by Brian Williamson, who founded Keto Evangelist. And one day in one of the groups, he posted something for a project manager. He was looking for a project manager to join his team. In those days, I was a corporate banker. So I was a sales manager for a large team of corporate bankers throughout the US. I was working for a large bank. And I was traveling quite a bit and I was always looking for how am I gonna get out of corporate America and how do I translate my skill set into health and wellness? Because that's still where my passion is. It's still where I'm driven to learn more all the time. And when I saw that post from Brian, I was like, well, there's no way I'm qualified to be a project manager, but I'm going to call, I'm going to put my name in the hat anyway, because I really liked him. He's, you know, his personality, he's hysterical, he's very self-deprecating and uh, but he's just a likable person. I thought it would be a great opportunity to at least have a conversation. And who knows, maybe maybe I want, maybe I can't do this, I can't fit into this spot, but maybe he knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. I've always known that networking is the way to go. So Brian and I had a conversation and another conversation. And then um, I decided that I would work for him on the side. So he couldn't really afford to pay me very much. And I had a non-compete with the bank, so I couldn't accept any payment anyway. So for about a year, I worked nights and weekends, understanding and learning all about the Keto Evangelist business lines. And about a year after that, we I went to my husband and I said, I can't continue this pace. Uh, I'm traveling three months out of the three weeks out of the month right now, managing a lot of people in a sales arena and working at night, trying to learn other stuff. And I said, I really feel like there's something here and I need to do this. So um, I both, by the way, both of my children were grown and out of the house by then. So I didn't have that financial responsibility. I had plenty of others, but if I fell on my face, at least, you know, I didn't have to worry about paying college bills or anything like that. So um, we agreed that I would take one year and I would try this. And I really, when I said I knew that there was something here, it, I really didn't know what it was. Uh, it was just going on drive and gut instinct and probably my own stubbornness of wanting to do what I want to do. So, <clears throat> And that's very much my personality. So um, I put in my resignation at the bank and 30 days later, I was no longer employed by the bank and I was working full time with Brian. And about three months after that, we did the first KetoCon. So that's kind of, that puts us in 2017, the first KetoCon. And I really didn't have any experience putting on events. My, my only experience with events of this scope was as an attendee 
or when I went to treasury management conferences and I was a speaker. So my, I, I built this event based on my experience on the other side of the curtain. So that's what I did. I backed into it. And here we are four years later. Yeah, I know I skipped a lot, but I feel like I just like totally took over the conversation. No, not at all. Your story is so inspiring uh, for women in business. I'm so inspired by it. Chris and I will be attending our first KetoCon this year. We're extremely excited. So leaving corporate America must have been absolutely terrifying and liberating at the same time. Could you speak to your mindset in continuing to move forward in that terrifying arena of entrepreneurship? <laughs> well, the first year was pretty rough. Um, so, you know, it takes a lot of grit to go through something like this. And um, I would love to tell you that I had the mindset to that. I would love to tell you that I had the mindset then that I have today. But the truth is, in those days, I put on my blinders and I just kept going forward. I'm, I am a very stubborn, persistent person. So I don't give up ever. <laughs> I mean, my training was 40 years of trying to figure out how to, you know, my, how to lose weight and cure my health. So, um, what happened that first year was I, I was very, I was very stressed out, but what, that drove me to develop tools to deal with this kind of stuff. And so what I can tell you today, what I do is uh, I have a really strong, don't laugh when I tell you this, mindfulness practice. So I meditate every single morning. Regard, I do it before I get out of bed. And I take time for reflection every single night. And so what that has done for me is put myself in a mental place where I can uh, wake up every morning and find things to be grateful for. And I identify them. I, I actually keep a journal and I keep it on my desk all the time. And um, in the mornings, I list out three things that I'm grateful for every day. So that puts me in that that kind of shuts off all the noise out here and makes me focus on the good things in my life. Uh, and then I, then I go through the practice of noting that I've been, that I, that I fulfilled my commitment to meditate that morning. And the next thing on my list is movement. So I, every day do some sort of physical movement. I spend a lot of time in my office. So as you can see on the, my back door, I have resistance bands, on my door that I use. I do body weight and um, compound movements in my office. I have a few free weights on the floor over there. I get outside and I go for walks in the middle of the day when I start to feel overwhelmed. So movement has become much more a part of a part of my lifestyle. I also in the morning when I'm doing this journaling set intentions for the day. So there are certain things that are a priority that have to be addressed. Many times those top things are personal. And so I can take care of myself first so I can do a better job of being a leader. So I can be a better job of taking care of my employees. So I can do a better job of taking care of my family. 
And then, like I said, I do um, reflections. So I look back at the end of the day and identify my wins. And they can sometimes be very small. They can sometimes be as small as I had set an intention to fast until one o'clock, but today I fasted until two. I mean, every, I, 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 instead of focusing on things that don't go right, I'm channeling all of this energy to focus on the positive parts of my life. And through this process, what has happened is I've learned that when I start to feel that angst rising in my physical body or I start to feel overwhelmed, my head starts to feel too full, I know to stop, to go for a walk. I know now to incorporate deep breathing and to walk away and remind myself that whatever is coming up for me is only a feeling and it will pass. And I let it sit. So this has been part of my fasting journey as well. I'm totally overriding this conversation. I'm really sorry. No, our listeners are extremely interested in your story. And that's what our podcast is about. So keep going, Robin. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> so one of the things that has just absolutely fascinated me this year, maybe like the past six months, is how all this whole journey for me, everything seems to be tied together. And with my fasting journey, I have, because of my meditation practice and learning to identify feelings and thoughts um, and allowing them to kind of ride that wave that they pass and look at them at another time when they're not so triggering, I found that that has helped my fasting journey too. So two years ago, if I had tried to skip a meal or, um, you know, not eat lunch or not eat airport food or all those triggering things that I was experiencing, uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it. But today, when I am in this process, I, I, I have the freedom somehow to be curious about this experience. And so I feel, for instance, hunger pangs. Today, I realize they pass and they're not something that I have to act on. But in, the, in my past, I've acted on that, whatever those emotions are, whatever that physical feeling is. So now I realize how emotionally attached I was to just to eating, period. So I was medicating myself with food. I was dealing with whatever emotions came up, whatever stress I had, and it didn't have to be negative. It'd be happy too. I was just, I was totally wrapped up in the whole uh, medicating with food thing. So I, I, I feel a sense of freedom today that I, I didn't feel two years ago. I didn't feel three years ago when I, or four years ago when I first made this change. Uh, it's, it's been an evolution for me. Yeah, I can relate to so much of your story, Robin, and just love, you know, your self-discovery and finding what works for you. And I think, uh, you know, interestingly, you were talking about even with, with KetoCon, kind of designing it based upon your experiences as a participant. And I think that with a lot of you and your businesses, like that's, that's a key to your success is you are catering to yourself. You are catering to 
through your own journey to what you would have enjoyed, to what you've learned and experienced along the way with, with keto and with fasting and with, with all of these things. And I think that that's, that's where the power from people like ourselves come from is we've been there. We've been on the other side. This was, we learned and figured it out as we went to heal and cure ourselves first and foremost. And therefore we have something to offer. We're not lifelong athletes. We haven't always had a six pack and all of those things. And so I just love the hope that it brings to people. And what would you tell someone at home that's, you know, maybe they're at where you were at the start of your journey and they're struggling and they feel trapped and maybe they have a spark of a dream, but they're not sure what to do with it. What what words of advice would you give to that person? Are you talking about people from a from a getting ready to jump from corporate America or looking for a way to leave their corporate jobs? You know, either and both someone that's okay. stuck with their health or, or, or wanting to embark on a new adventure. From a health perspective, um, I would say never, well, in either way, I, in, in either area, I would say don't give up. Um, first of all, giving up sounds like uh, an answer sometimes when you just feel totally frustrated. But the truth of the matter is, you're going to, time is going to pass anyway. So, and things don't go right all the time. And this whole journey, um, uh, it kind of ebbs and flows. You find things that work and then you f you have setbacks and you find things that work and you have setbacks. I've yet to, I've yet to meet anybody whose journey was, I discovered this and I did this and I, I got to my destination, you know, because even the destination, there's more to go after that. So uh, I would say from a health perspective, turn over every single rock be open to other people's perspectives, uh, be open to new ideas, and don't give up. I mean, you really, you have to, you have to put blinders on and be willing to be patient and be willing to put in the time. For me, it's been a long journey. Some people, you know, have luck pretty quickly. Uh, I just had a lifetime of metabolic uh, derangement that I had to address. I had a lot of healing to do, both clearly mentally, emotionally as well. <laughs> so, and then from a corporate American uh, perspective, jumping ship from corporate America is probably the scariest and bravest thing I've ever done looking back. Uh, I did wait until I didn't feel that I would be neglecting or putting at risk any of my financial responsibilities. So my kids have always been my number one and top priority since, since day one. And, um, and that was quite a while ago because my oldest son is 33 and my youngest son is 30. So in those days they were both out of the house and they were already independent. So I didn't have to worry about that. I had an advantage there because of that. Many people want to make the switch now when they have financial responsibilities and that is even scarier. So uh, I didn't have the courage to do that. But look, in retrospect, there are things I could have done where I could have made those changes, but I just didn't have the self-confidence to do it. So um, I would say leaving corporate America, 
make connections. Every single person that you meet is either a, is either a, a sounding board or is a connection to introduce you to somebody else. And networking is so much more powerful, especially when you connect with people like the three of us that have a common journey, that have common goals, that have a common passion. That type of relationship just catapults you to places that you never would have gone by, you know, submitting your resume to a thousand places. I really think relationships and conversation is where you can where you can take that next step. So if I hadn't had that, uh, if I hadn't been brave enough to reach out to Brian, I, I wouldn't be right here. I wouldn't be here right now. And I didn't think I was qualified. I mean, how do you go from being a corporate banker and a sales manager to a project manager? Well, I actually wasn't, didn't even, I didn't become a project manager. I became something else, but because Brian and I hit it off so well and became friends and started working together, we developed this together because of that synergy. So you just have to really be open to the possibilities. Absolutely. And connection is so important, especially in this world where we're so disconnected from nature, disconnected from nutrition, just disconnected from each other, and even our finances. And I wanted to circle back where you were speaking about your financial health and your responsibilities. And there's never been more of a time where Americans are disconnected from their finances. Uh, many cannot retire. Many are working into their 70s and 80s. And Chris and I are very passionate about whole health, and part of that is financial health. Right. What, what advice would you give people that are in the second half of life looking to make a change but still have financial responsibilities, whether it be school loan debt, credit mm -hmm. card debt? Uh, what's your advice for people turning that around? Wow. Um, I can only give you – I can only tell you what I did. So um, I went through the process of identifying everything on paper. I'm, I, I'm old school, so I don't make a whole lot of electronic lists. I do everything on paper. Um, I went through the process of identifying all of my expenses and the one, identifying the expenses that were self-inflicted. So I went through a – Minim, a minimalist type of exercise. I didn't know it. That's what I was doing at the time, but that's really what I was doing. I got rid of every expense that, um, that was self-inflicted or unnecessary, if you will. I found ways to uh, lower my expenses. That was the first thing I did. And, and this is going to sound really frivolous, but I mean, I really had to look at my I'm embarrassed to say this out loud. I had to look at my Starbucks habits. I had to look at my getting in the car and going for a drive as entertainment habits. I got rid of my expensive car. I got a less expensive car. Um, I looked at my shopping habits and I realized, well, I no longer have to wear heels and suits. So 
I took all of that wardrobe that I wasn't going to use anymore and I took it to a consignment shop. I looked at what do I really need? I'm now working in a home office. I mean, I'm on camera a lot because we do these types of interviews on camera, but I really don't need a, a big wardrobe for that. So what can I what can I get away with and how can I kind of streamline that, that part? Um, how can I uh, lower my expenses related to my fitness routines? So again, here I am with all of that stuff in my home office. Um, how do uh, I started? <laughs> I started stretching the amount of time between when I would get my hair colored. <laughs> so rather than going every three weeks, I went every six weeks. That kind of stuff. Each little thing adds up. So from a financial perspective, um, that's how I, that's how I did it. And it it wasn't easy, but and I went from. I literally went overnight, lowered my income by 50%. So it was pretty scary. Um, and what are some of the other things that I did? Well, you know, like lowering my phone, my phone expenses, lowering my utility expenses, that kind of stuff. Um, all the, I mean, those are no brainers, lowering my lowering my insurance. One of the one of the things that has nothing to do with with uh, being brave uh, or even smart financially is changing my diet lowered my food expenses to a point where I'm still floored by how little I spend. So not um, I, I've been following a car a predominantly carnivore type of, of diet for 15 months now and the transition from going from being keto to being carnivore uh, I my grocery bill is a fraction of what it was before I also save quite a bit of time because I'm very rarely in a grocery store the only thing I really buy in the grocery store is eggs and butter and sometimes cream if I'm making something but everything else I order online so I no longer have to leave the house and go for an hour to the grocery store. So I've gained all this time and I'm actually more productive, not having to worry about that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, I love everything that you shared there. And it's so interesting to me that a lot of us have had very similar journeys. A lot of people that, that go to carnivore wind up, you know, being very minimalistic and just streamlining our lives. And it's like everything simplifies, unclutters, gets so much less complicated. And um, I love that, you know, even as you were describing your daily regimen of mindfulness and planning and reflection, it's, there's something about a contemplated life, just being willing to look at ourselves, look at our habits, look at our successes, uh, score Ourself in whatever way you know that we feel comfortable doing. I like to with some of my clients. I talk about kind of gamifying your life, you know, turning it into uh, you know a competition with yourself and and just having having fun with it. Because like you said so so wisely, Robin, the time's going to pass anyway. Life's going right. to move. The years are going to. It's you know what do we fill it up with and and you know what do we engage with. Uh, I wonder if you can talk just a little bit more about some of these 
things that you do as far as, you know, you talked about fasting and mindfulness and uh, do you do like breathing exercises? Like we're just so obsessed, Nevada and I, with all of the powerful things that we can do for free that don't cost a dime that mm-hmm. makes such amazing changes to our physical and mental health. What are some other things that, that you employ? Well, I have a favorite um, meditation app. Um, so I use the 10% Happier app. I also use the Waking Up app. Um, and there are uh, all different types of meditations on each of those apps that I really like. Um, and I, I use one or the other pretty much every day. And when I don't have access to them, for instance, when I was flying home from Austin yesterday and I was on the airplane and my phone was off. And uh, I had made a commitment to myself that I was going to leave it off during this during this flight, only because it's too easy to get wrapped up in you know work stuff. And I knew I needed to give my brain some downtime. I read a little bit, and then I just closed my eyes. And <laughs> I'm going to sound like such a flake when I say this. I really just focused on my breathing. So I focused on breathing in and breathing out breathing in, breathing out. And then two seconds in, I'm off on a tangent. My mind has taken me to some problem that I have. And then I start over. I realize that I was got that I was gone there for a minute and I come back and start over. And what I've learned that by doing this, that the whole concept of just start over, just begin again, begin again, begin again, is really what ties the mindfulness in every part of my life back together. So for instance, in fasting, I shared this with someone last week when I was talking to them about fasting. Last week, I was watching um, a movie, um, It's Complicated, with um, Alec Baldwin and um, Meryl Streep. The movie opens with this beautiful scene of Malibu you know, waterfront homes on the ocean, the music is just breathtaking, the scenery is breathtaking, you can see that the weather's beautiful, and the scene, it opens with people holding a glass of wine, they're socializing, it feels very romantic. And I had closed my windows, my eating window four hours before. Never even, I mean, I'm not hungry. But as I'm watching this movie, the, you know, my monkey mind comes up with wine and cheese wine and cheese. Wouldn't it be nice to have some wine and cheese? 15 minutes later, where do I find myself? In the kitchen, pouring a glass of wine, cutting a piece of cheese. And then there's the the other side of me saying, Robin, what are you doing? Like, you're not even hungry. But there was something that was kind of like driving me to want this. And I went and sat down back in front of the movie with my glass of wine and piece of cheese. I took a bite of the cheese, took a sip of the wine. And right away, I was like, this doesn't even taste as good as I imagined it. The cheese kind of tastes waxy. And then when I, then, and then my, um, does this support my goals thought came in? 
And is this really, is this really what I want to do for, for my health and wellness? And obviously there's nothing wrong with wine and cheese, but that's not part of my plan tonight and right this minute. So I got up, poured the wine down the sink, threw the cheese away, sat back down. And to me, there were a lot of things at play there. First of all, through that process, I did have the what are you doing thoughts coming up, but I didn't pay attention to them. I It wasn't until I tied the physical experience of I don't even like this, that my what are you doing, this doesn't support you, thoughts came in. And that's what helped me turn it off. So that's all part of the mindfulness stuff. And then that was entered in my journal as a huge win because a few years ago I would have thrown out a, a curse word and I just would have kept on going, even though I didn't like the wine, didn't like the cheese and it didn't support my goals. I just would have kept on doing it. So now finally at a place where I can recognize it and stop it and put it away. So a couple of years ago, that also would have set me off into a tailspin. I already broke my fast, may as well keep eating. I already had some wine, may as well find something else sweet. Oh, maybe there's a cake in the freezer. Maybe I should go get some keto ice cream. All that kind of, you know, craziness. I'm no longer tortured by that today. So maybe next week it'll happen all over again and I'll have to deal with it again. But having the, the, uh, the experience, every time I have the experience of stopping and recognizing this behavior is not supporting me as a person or supporting my goals and taking a different direction. It's kind of like a fasting muscle. You strengthen your ability to do it every time you actually make that choice. And it's tough when you're, when you're wrapped up in the, the actions of acting on your feelings as opposed to watching them and letting them sit and letting them pass. Yes. And that's, and that's so powerful because every moment is truly a moment to choose again and make a different choice and strengthen those muscles. And you are such an amazing resource in the community. Chris and I commend you for everything that you're doing and you're bringing amazing resources to the public with KetoCon. And I was just wondering if you could speak a little bit about KetoCon. Sure. Um, well, KetoCon is, this year is year four for us. Um, we will be at the Palmer Event Center again in June. It's in Austin, Texas. Um, tickets are still for sale. Um, and it's a three-day event. So we kick things off on Friday morning, bright and early. Over the course of the three days, we have 56 speakers. Um, they will be speaking on one of three stages. We have a main keynote stage and two breakout room stages. We run panels every day. So on Friday, there's a medical panel. On Saturday, there's a fitness panel. And on Sunday, there's a stories panel. And uh, it, it's a long three days. So we, we kick off at eight o'clock in the morning and we close the show at 6.30 p.m. on Friday and Saturday, and then at five on Sunday. Um, uh, we have space for 138 exhibitors, which about 70% full right now. Um, by the, the tempo of uh, 
the amount of activity I'm seeing with exhibitor applications coming in every day, I have a feeling we're going to sell out before the show this year. And then tickets have just been selling like crazy too. Last year we had 3,500 people at KetoCon and we will cap ticket sales this year at 4,000 because I don't want to ruin the attendee experience by it being so jam packed that, you know, it's uncomfortable for people. Uh, we're so excited about this. There's so many things that we have changed this year. <clears throat> we will be, we have, we're doing a, um, a podcast booth this year. So on our schedule, Every day there will be podcasts recorded live at KetoCon and I'm looking at the options of actually putting in a soundproofing booth on the exhibitor floor so that you can see so that the outsiders can see in as the podcasts are being recorded. Uh, then we have uh, cooking demos taking place every day. Um, we have KetoVangelist will have a booth this year as well and one of our business lines is the KetoVangelist Kitchen. And so Mandy, who runs that division, is going to be uh, doing demos in our booth every uh, all day, every day. So there's so much activity taking place. We uh, we are we're going to have a photo booth this year, so people will be able to take photos in this booth, their own selfies with um, with a background that's that's specific sponsored logos on it. Um, we have a VIP dinner that takes place on Friday night for the VIP ticket holders and the speakers, which is held at an offsite venue. This is also a lot of fun too. Uh, we we cater this event, so it's a it's a uh, keto carnivore uh, buffet and um, live entertainment, and it's such so much fun to kind of like chill out and network and talk to. The other speakers and uh, to the VIP ticket holders, a lot of fun. And then on Saturday morning, we have an entrepreneur mastermind session. So that session, along the lines of what we were talking about before, um, we have a panel of eight entrepreneurs that have started and have been successful with keto-related businesses. Um, and they, what happens in this session is they share a little bit about their story, what their specialty is, and then we open it up to the audience. So, um, this year we have a lot more space to do that in. So we have enough space for several hundred people in this, in this event. And what happens is, is that people literally line up to ask questions to whichever speaker they are interested in in, in asking these questions to just to gain insights on their either a service or a product that they're trying to develop and how to get to the next step so we're super excited about that um, one of the panelists is amy lacy who is the founder of um, cauliflower foods and she is a very prominent uh, person in the entrepreneur space, especially as a woman, to have founded this product and has grown so much. I've seen so many presentations uh, where she's been a speaker in, in uh, entrepreneurial events. Uh, Ross and Kara Taylor from FBOM will be speaking on that panel. Um, Lance and Evan Adler from Liquid which is a, a, um, a keto 
friendly um, energy drink. Carolyn Ketchum from All Day I Dream About Food will be on that panel. Sean Wells from Zone Halo, who is a specialist with uh, supplements, will be on that panel. And uh, Lynn Terry, who writes a blog about traveling and low carb, will be on that panel. So our goal is to provide all of the entrepreneurs with as much of a resource as possible in an hour and a half, of course, but also to give them access and exposure to people who have different specialties, people who have launched, like F-Bomb, who have launched a Nut Butters product, um, people like Carolyn, who write cookbooks and run a blog, people like Lynn, who run a blog and travel frequently and write about how to survive, you know, how to really incorporate this type of protocol into your lifestyle without losing your mind, which to me seems quite easy now, but <clears throat> in the beginning, it was not. So that's what we bring to the table with the entrepreneur panel. It's always a lot of fun. And uh, I have to say that it always passes so quickly. You know, we spend a year putting this event together and then it's kind of like planning a big meal before you know it, everybody ate and it's time to do the dishes. <laughs> well, so, Robin, I have to do, if you don't mind, I have to do a shout out because I don't do this alone. Um, I do have a team of people that work with me. Um, Ryan Geffon is our director of sales, and he works directly with all of the exhibitors in the process of signing them up, in the process of running the exhibitor hall floor at the event, uh, and he works his tail off. He is a young guy um, and very talented. He's also my son, uh, <laughs> which I'm so proud of that. Even if I had nothing to do with this. I'd be so proud that, of the work that he does. And we also have Rekha Jay, who is our web designer. She handles, when you look at the KetoCon website and, and how beautiful it is and how functional it is, Rekha coded all of that code by, by um, she custom coded all of it. So just absolutely incredible. And she helps me with the operational side of planning all of this event, as Ryan does as well. And um, actually, right now, I'm looking to hire somebody to join our team for um, social media and communications. And that's actually everybody on the team. So it's literally right now three of us. We, um, we are looking to expand the team. And uh, like I said, it just it passes so quickly. Brian is still is still involved in the event, by the way. Um, he manages, he's he's like the personality on the front end of all of this. So he he he's the MC for the event, which I'll likely be helping with this year as well. Um, so we just all pull it together. We're like a little little family that executes this. It's pretty amazing. Well, that is awesome. And we are, Nirvana and I are just so excited to, uh, to attend this year. And, uh, you know, we're uh, also planning on doing some sort of a live uh, interview, you know, for the podcast there. And uh, I just, yeah, I commend all that you do. I wanted to ask you real quick as we wind down the conversation. So as a leader in the keto movement, Give us uh, just a few minutes of a state of the union. Where are we at? What's what's going well? 
what what are the the pitfalls and the problems that that you're seeing? What can we do better? Mm, that is such a good question. So pitfalls. Um, I I my thoughts are going directly to product manufacturing when I think of pitfalls uh, because keto quickly in a very short period of time. I mean, four years is my experience, like three and a half, maybe keto became a household world word and I'm seeing it all over magazines now and in all over the internet. There's a lot of misconception and there are a lot of companies with very deep pockets, putting a lot of money into products that are, that have the keto label and that I would steer clear from at any opportunity. Um, I would, I would tell people to don't judge a product based on its macros. Look at the ingredients because you can have, you know, you can be following macros to a T and be taking in, in the form of product manufactured products, you could be taking in ingredients that are going to um, harm your health and they're not going to improve this journey for you. They are going to eventually halt your success because you're going to be taking things in that cause inflammation. They're going to, you're going to be taking taking in hidden sugars that are going to impact your, your mental health, that are going to impact your emotional health. Uh, be willing to invest the time to understand what labels mean. I mean, that's, it's really, really important. We do that through our own efforts at KetoCon. So we do have a banned ingredient list and we do turn away a lot of sponsorship opportunities because of it, but we feel really strongly about it. So if it's at KetoCon, it's something that we've already vetted. But back to your question, I mean, to me, that's the biggest pitfall is people not understanding there's much more to being ketogenic than a macro label or nutritional profile. Uh, other pitfalls would be, I, I think people give up pretty quickly because they are, they're on this path of trying to ketofy every, all of their um, favorite junk food or snack foods and moving away from the emotional attachment to those foods is, is really important. Cleaning up your diet and minimizing, you know, your, your exposure to those things will actually help you get in a better mindset. Um, so I, I see, I, I see that as a downfall and where we're doing really well so much research, so much access to people who are, who are improving their health and wellness. And it's, it's, uh, it's mind blowing the success stories that you see every single day. And I'm sure that everyone else sees, sees them as much as I do, but people that contact me who have, who have improved their own health, who have improved their children's health or their spouse and family members that are being impacted by, uh, the improvement in in their own health, and so they're just like reaching out to the to their circles around them just by just by example. 
there's just so much good that's happening. And I love, I love the amount of real research and real success stories that we're seeing today. And you interview a lot of those people. So those people who are really putting in the time to, to understand what really works, what's really beneficial and seeing the impacts on other people's lives. Well, Robin, thank you so, so much. I mean, one of the things that uh, I honestly can say is you just, you have so much wisdom, uh, not just with life, but with keto and, and uh, I'm, we're excited to see, I know your journey is, is only just beginning and, and there's some really exciting things down the road for you, I'm, I'm sure. And thank you for taking a few moments and uh, sharing some of it with us. So how can these guys reach out to you and, and where can they go to sign up for KetoCon? Uh, KetoCon is uh, ketocon.org. Uh, everything about the event is listed on that website. And there's a get tickets button right on the homepage where it takes you to our Eventbrite ticketing page. Uh, so everything KetoCon related is there. And me, I think, I mean, like I told you earlier, I'm not crazy uh, active on social media, but when I am active, it's usually on Instagram. And um, it's at the Robin Switzer is my Instagram uh, account. Um, that's really the best way. I mean, I, if, if people message me, I always answer there. And information about KetoCon, we have info at ketocon.org, but the direct link to that is on our website. And so we answer those questions right away as well. Well, thank you so, so much. And uh, we look forward to seeing you at KetoCon and then uh, maybe having you back on to talk about it and get into some, uh, some more of these things. Thank you so Love much. Love to. Thank you. Thanks for thank having you, me. Thank you, Robin. Butcher Box is a meat subscription company that distributes high-quality meat you can trust. 100% grass-fed and pasture-raised beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught salmon delivered directly to your door. Butcher Box believes in better. Their mission is to create a world where everyone wins with meat that is better for you, your family, the animals, the farmers, the business, and our planet. All of their products are humanely raised and never given antibiotics or added hormones ever. See the show notes for links and discounts. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today, Mind Body Breakthrough. Chris and I truly appreciate each and every one of you. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend and to join us in our free Mind Body Breakthrough Facebook community where you can start peeling away the layers of everything that's not you so you can be you.